in this season of Advent, we do a lot of remembering. We remember what God has done through the coming of Jesus, born in a manger, announced by angels, visited by shepherds and kings, born into suffering and struggle, fleeing for their lives. This is the God who comes to be with us. Emmanuel, God with us. As we read this morning in John chapter 10, we have this image of Jesus the Good Shepherd. Most of the time when we think about Christmas and Advent, the shepherds that we think about are the shepherds that are in the field tending their flocks by night. We sing all kinds of songs about them. We often have them depicted in beautiful landscapes, the sheep in their beds, and the light of the angels streaming down on the shepherds. Yet this morning, as we considered the words of Jesus in John chapter 10, there's a different image of a shepherd that we are talking about. This is a prophetic word a fulfillment of prophecies about who the Messiah will be. We are often drawn to the text of Isaiah, one of the prophets who foretells of the coming of the King, the Messiah. We read from those verses last week. The one who is the Prince of Peace. But Isaiah wasn't the only prophet. And those words from Isaiah chapter 9 or chapter 6 or 47 are not the only prophecies of who will come to be the Messiah, the one who guides and leads Israel, the one who fulfills the longings, the needs, and the cares of God's people. There's also a prophet whose name was Ezekiel. Ezekiel is often, we think of Ezekiel in, in relation to two very important and powerful images in the Old Testament scripture. One is the beginning of the book of Ezekiel where he has this vision, a very confusing vision of angels and all messengers coming and it's it's fascinating, and I remember as a, as a teenager just reading it and rereading it and going, what is this? The images that he talks about are so fantastical and so strange. So we think of that sometimes when we think of Ezekiel. The second image that we see coming out of Ezekiel is the image of the dry bones, the valley of dry bones, where, these, where the dead spiritual lives of the people are reanimated and he sees this vision of these bones coming back to life and flesh growing on them and a heart being placed in them. It's a powerful vision of God restoring and renewing a broken and desolate people. That image 
of the valley of dry bones was a message that was given to the prophet Ezekiel during one of the most terrible and difficult times in the history of the people of Israel. This was the time of exile. The kingdoms of northern Israel and Judah had been scattered, defeated. The leaders and the rulers and many of the young those who were the future of Israel had been taken into captivity in Babylon, subject to a foreign power, an empire that destroyed all of its enemies before it and scattered them. And in the midst of that situation, where the people of Israel were scattered, broken, lost and in exile, the word of God comes through the prophets to remind them that God has not abandoned them. God has not left them to fend for themselves, but that God promises to restore, to renew, and to come and to be with his people and lead them Again, in the text that we read from John this morning, we hear about the good shepherd. He says in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. Now the word good that we have there actually can be translated a couple different ways. When we think of the word good, we think of, oh, does his job well, right? Isn't that, that's how I often think of it. The good shepherd is the shepherd that actually takes care of the sheep really well. The other way that you can translate that word good is actually the beautiful shepherd. The one who captivates our attention and draws us in. This is not just a shepherd that does things well, but this is a shepherd that we are drawn to, that fulfills our longings and our hopes. He goes on to say that the good shepherd, who he is, Jesus, lays down his life for the sheep. And then he talks about the hired hands who don't do that. In this passage that we read this morning, we learn about what it is that the good shepherd does for and with the sheep. We learn that a good shepherd protects the sheep from those who would attack them, from those who have ill intent. We learn that the good shepherd knows the sheep and the sheep know him. There is a relationship a trust, a place of rest and confidence, knowing I don't need to know the answers. I don't need to know where we're going because there's a shepherd who is taking care of that, a shepherd who is leading, a shepherd who is guiding, a shepherd who knows my needs. And so we learn that the good shepherd tends to the sheep. Just a couple verses ahead of where we began our reading this morning. In verse 8, 
Jesus says there's other shepherds or those who pretend to be shepherds that come. He says in verse 8 that there are also thieves and robbers who impersonate shepherds, who come to take the sheep and lead them. Who is he talking about in that context? Jesus, in his own day and time, 2,000 years ago, lives and is born into a nation that is occupied by a foreign power. The people are oppressed. They do not have the autonomy to be who they who they are supposed to be. They do not have a true king. The king that they have is someone who has set himself up as a king for political gain and influence and money and has no care for the shepherd for the sheep that he ought to be ruling over. There are also in his time the leaders who are the ones who lead in the temple, the Sadducees, and those who lead in the synagogues and teach from the words of the scrolls, the Pharisees. These are shepherds who have set themselves up as leaders. And yet what we see again and again in the story of Jesus' life as he walks through the land that he is born into to come and be with the people that he has come to save, we see these religious leaders collaborating with, selling out to the political masters of their day, or so concerned about the minutia of what what spices you ought to use and what place and how far you can walk on a certain day or not that they have lost sight of the needs and the wounds of the people that they are there to teach and to serve. These are the thieves and the robbers who are there for their own purposes, not to care for the sheep. In verse 12 and 13 of John chapter 10, he talks about the hired hands and how those who are hired hands, this flock isn't theirs. They're there to do a job and to get paid for it. But as soon as trouble comes, as soon as things get hard, as soon as there's risk and threat involved, what do they do? They run they save themselves and abandon the sheep to whatever threat has come. They're unwilling to sacrifice themselves for those sheep. And Jesus says in the midst of this, I am that true shepherd, that beautiful shepherd, the good shepherd that knows the sheep, that cares for the sheep, that leads the sheep and lays down his life for the sheep. This is the promise that we have as God's people, as those who are called the sheep of his flock. As we read in Micah today, God knows his people 
loves his people and says that he will send a shepherd to tend to them. We see also in this text in John chapter 10 a foreshadowing of the work that God is about to do in the world. That it's the true shepherd, the good shepherd that is Jesus, is not only there to care for a select few, the favored ones, the chosen ones. He says, I have other sheep that do not belong in this fold, in this flock. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice and there will be one flock, one shepherd. He is speaking here of the nations of the earth. As was talked about in the covenant that God made with Abraham all the way back at the beginning of the nation of Israel where he says, you will be a light to the world and they will be drawn to me. God has always been about this work of drawing in the whole world to know them, to care for them, and to be their ruler, their guide, and their shepherd. You're probably wondering, you said something about Ezekiel earlier on. Where did that go? What about that? How does that come into this? Well, you know, sometimes we forget that Jesus, when he comes, Jesus, when he teaches, Jesus, when he preaches to the people, he's not making stuff up on the spot. Jesus, as we see over and over again in his interactions with the religious rulers, with the people of every day, those who are in need, those who come waiting for a word, those who want to see a sign of power, that Jesus teaches and preaches out of the word of God that has been received from the prophets. Hear these words from Ezekiel 34. I've, I've cut and pasted a little bit here just to try to keep the theme together, but Ezekiel chapter 34 It seems to me that Jesus knew this passage well, that Jesus had read, studied, perhaps, and most likely memorized the message of the prophets that God gave to the people when they were in a time of trouble, a time of need, a time of darkness, a time of struggle. Ezekiel 34 This is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to you shepherds of Israel who only care for yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds from the milk, you clothe yourselves with the wool, and you slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak, or healed the sick, or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. No, you have ruled them harshly and brutally, and so they are scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep 
wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. They were scattered over the whole earth and no one searched for them or looked for them. So this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so I will look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on the days of clouds and darkness. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak and the sleek and the strong who serve themselves I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock. And then the tone shifts to something new. The prophet goes on to say these words from the Lord. I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be prince among them, I, the Lord, have spoken. Then they will know that I, the Lord their God, am with them and that they are my people, declares the sovereign Lord. You are my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the sovereign Lord. When you read that text from Isaiah, uh, sorry, from Ezekiel 34, you realize that what we read in the Gospel of John comes from a deeply seated understanding of what God has been up to from the beginning. The people that Ezekiel was bringing the word of the Lord to found themselves in a desperate and dark place. The people in Jesus' day were crying out under the oppression of the Romans, longing to be restored. And for each of us in our own lives, we find ourselves often in those places, places of exile and darkness and struggle and suffering, feeling like the leaders that are supposed to take care of us aren't doing what they're supposed to. And in the midst of that, we hear this promise. The promise of God with us. God says, I will come. I will search for my lost sheep and I will bring them back. I will bind them up. I will strengthen them. And that is the promise that we know and have seen in Jesus. This is the good shepherd that you and I celebrate at this time of year. In verse 23 of Ezekiel 34, he calls this shepherd David, meaning the one like King David, of the house of King David. We know that that is one of the names of Jesus. He comes from the house and lineage of David. 
Jesus comes to you and to, uh, to me when we have become lost, confused, distracted, so far from home that we don't know the way back, the shepherd comes and finds us. When we have been wounded, when we are injured in our hearts, in our spirits, in our lives, the shepherd binds us up and heals us. When we are weak, the shepherd brings us all that we need so that we may regain our strength and stand again and follow him in wholeness. This is Jesus, the beautiful shepherd, the good shepherd. In Jesus, the prophecy of Ezekiel is fulfilled for the people of that day. In Jesus, the incarnation of God, God coming to be with humanity to call us back to himself, to offer healing for our souls, rest for our hearts, and drawing us into a renewed and reconciled relationship with God. This is the good shepherd that we sing of, that we celebrate, and whom we proclaim, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. May God bless us and be with us in this season as we celebrate with lights and joy. Amen.